It's things that have bothered you for days, weeks, months, and even decades. Some of us have lived our life, and the enemy comes at us and wants us to believe that we're not that good, that we can't do the things that we feel led to do because of the situations in our life that we have. We're going to learn that Christians at times will live in bondages. And we're going to find out why that happens today. And so the greatest gift that I can give you is to realize the work of the cross and that we can have victory over this, but we have to understand why situations arise in our life. And so today I'm going to begin, and I'm going to show you this, and we're going to wrap it up today with a revelation of understanding that we today can change that situation in our lives. It doesn't mean that we're bad, we're, uh, we're born again, we're going to heaven, but there are situations in our life that have been holding us back. And I want you to understand today, I'm going to be like Santa Claus, And I am going to share you a gift. It's going to be a gift that's going to last for eternity, that you will live in victory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word, the manifestation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is so real today. Lord, the giftedness of, of the musicians and the singers and the dancers, the giftedness of those that serve, that prepare the water baptismal, that, that do the things that they do, the greeters, the, the ushers, the teachers, or the sound, the cameramen, the, the camera women, the, everybody that is involved, because we are all gifted and important in the body of Christ. But Lord, today we want to walk in that freedom that you have described to us in your word. And not only in the description of it, that we want to live it out. So in Jesus' name, I pray and come in agreement with my family, those that are listening online, those that are watching. In Jesus' name, be free. And may I shout, freedom in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As you realize, many, many months ago, we began a series on how to reach new levels in the kingdom of God, and today we want to talk about the bully of bondage. Let me explain to you what a dam is. A dam is a barrier specifically designed to hold back the flow of water. When a dam bursts, water breaks through and flows freely because there isn't any resistance holding the water back. In the same way, God wants to bring a breakthrough in every area of your life. And the Lord prophetically spoke to us about seven areas of breakthrough. And that's what we've been teaching on in this series. We taught on faith or our personal walk with God. We just finished up with family and today, we want to talk about freedom. And then after that, we're going to talk about fun, how to just have fun. 
you know, there, there are too many believers today are boring. And we need to learn to have fun. We need to learn that God has a sense of humor. That's why we have a sense of humor. And we're going to talk about finances too. But remember, there are two personal areas that God wants to bring breakthrough in your life that only you know about. It's situations that you know about, something that you've been believing for, but it's on the inside and it's hidden and no one else knows about it, but God does. And you now are coming in agreement with him to bring this great victory. So turn your Bibles to John chapter 8 and then also turn to Mark chapter 9. And uh, we're going to begin in the book of John and hopefully at the end we'll, we'll get to the book of Mark. In this breakthrough series, we will now cover this amazing gift of God called freedom. How to go to a new level, breaking through in the areas that God gifted you in, that situations of life or the bully of life has caused you to walk in, in significant fear and many different other types of emotions that have uh, hindered you from breaking through into the giftedness and the importance that God had made you. You, right from the beginning of his thought about who you were before you were even born, God established that in the kingdom of God, that you were important, that you were gifted, and that your giftedness is something that needs to be used in the body of Christ. The church is not whole because many Christians have been bullied in the spiritual realm by the enemy and are hindered or are walking in bondages in their life, serving God, loving God, doing great things for God. But I'm saying to you, the gift that I'm going to give you today is going to cause you to do greater things in his kingdom. Your family will be different. Your business will be different. Why? Because you broke through. Now, bondage for the believer is a bully. Satan bullies us into bondage because if we are believers or a believer, <laughs> we don't have to be in bondage. But many believers are in bondage. And we need to come to the reality that that's true. That there are things in our life that have hindered us from that breakthrough. We pray, God, how come you're not answering my prayer? He says, you've allowed a barrier to be there where I cannot break through into the areas you've been praying about. And today I'm going to show you how to break through. Satan can still come into our lives and, here's the term, deceive us even though we believe in God and have faith. Satan is a liar, and I want to tell you, he's practiced a lot, and he's a good liar. The first lie he ever told, he came to a woman who was created in the image and likeness of God. Satan told her, hey, if you eat a piece of this fruit, you will be like God. But we've learned in Scripture she was created like God. She was already like God. 
So Satan was telling her a lie. If you will do this, you will be like God. But she already was. She just became deceived. There was no one more like God than Eve was, than Adam. There is no, no one more like God than you and me being born again. So that's what Satan does to you. Satan comes to believers and tells you that if you will depart from God in an area of your life, you will have something that you already have. We're believing and praying for things we already have, but we've been deceived, and because of that deception, it's like a dam holding back of God's promises in our life. So how many of you want freedom of that? Amen. Think about it. How many people are departing from God in an area of their marriage? The reason is Satan says, if you do it, you will have joy. You will have happiness. You will find someone else better. Church family, you already have joy. His name is Jesus Christ. You have the joy of the Lord. You'll never have true joy by departing from God's principles. Never, ever. If you depart from his principles, well, this is what I think God is saying. Is it saying in the word? No, and it's not God. That's how good of a liar Satan is. That's why bondage for a believer is a bully. Because it comes out of fear. It comes out of many emotions that are not from God. So let me ask you this. How many of you knew or know a bully? Come on. I knew some bullies when I was in school. Or let me ask you this question. How many of you were bullies? Yeah, okay, yeah, I hear you. I see all those hands. Now, how I got around a bully, I shared this a few weeks ago, but I had a real good friend. His name was Tony Alivato. Tony Alivato was six foot two and about 220 pounds. He played football, was a star football player. But he was also an assistant for the baseball team, and I played baseball. And he was in most of my classes. Let me ask you this. Some of you that are of my age, uh, you remember the show Happy Days? See, in the spirit realm, Jesus is the real Fonz. Jesus is the toughest, the coolest guy in the universe. Amen. There is no one cooler than Jesus. He is our spiritual Fonzarelli. Young people, stick with me. Don't Google it now. Happy days. <laughs> Satan might say to you, someday Jesus will not be with you. Scripture says Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. You always have your protector. See, as a believer, Jesus lives in your heart in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Satan will never catch you without Jesus. But our problem is this. Sometimes as a believer, we don't turn to Jesus. That's how we get into bondage. In John chapter 8, I ask you to turn to the book of John. Let's look at verse 31. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, 
If you abide, everyone say abide. In my word, everyone say word. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. Listen to these deceived people. And have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Now, verse 34 is a pretty strong statement, but in verse 35, take the word abide and relate it back to verse 31. Verse 35, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. A slave doesn't abide in the word, Jesus was saying there. That's why he is a slave to sin. If you don't abide in the word, you're a slave to sin. But a son abides forever in the word. Okay, so a lot of people think the word abide is just like, oh, I love you, Jesus, and we sing worship once in a while. No, we abide in the word, and the word is Jesus Christ. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free through the word, you shall be free indeed. Now, I'm taking you on a journey here, and we're going to find out at the end how we defeat the bully in our life, Satan, and his deception and his lies. So there are three things about bondage that we need to learn. The first thing that most of us uh, struggle with, uh, because once people get born again, a lot of times they're told, now you're born again, now you're not going to have any problems. How many of you have had problems after you're born again? Amen. How many of you seem to have more problems after you're born again? There's the enemy, hates you, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's a bully, and he wants to bully you around. So the first thing we need to learn about bondage, it is possible to be a believer and be in bondage. Some have a concept, if you are a believer, you can't be in bondage. Uh, that's not what Scripture tells us. Look at John eight thirty two again. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me tell you, that verse doesn't begin with you shall know the truth. The sentence doesn't begin with the word you. It begins with the word and. You see that? Okay. The word and rever reverts back to verse 31. It's, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, he was talking to believers, if you believers, if you abide or continue in my word, you then are proving you are my disciple. Then verse 32, then you believers shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's because of the word. It's not because you're a believer. Everyone hear that? It's because you got in the Word and you grabbed hold of the Word, what the Word of God says. Sometimes, you know, uh, I remember, you know, my grandma, uh, a lot of times, she, she was always reading the Word in the morning and the afternoon and the evening. And, uh, you know, growing up in the house where my grandmother lived, and she'd always say things to me about Scripture. And I'd go, yeah, Grandma, I know, I know. Grandma, I know, uh-huh, yeah, I know, Grandma. Trying to be gracious to her, and because she's my grandma. I want to respect and honor her. 
And, and I did. But, you know, bottom line, sometimes I just, just got tired of her just quoting the word to me. Because I wanted to say, but, but, Grandma, you've you got to know that this is, she says, well, the word says this. And if, if that's happening in your life, then that's not God's will. Grandma. <laughs> and sometimes we do that with people. Sometimes you do that with me. See, it's called deception. Their answer is in this passage, and they gave to Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Let me tell you, if anyone knows history of the Jewish nation, Jesus answers most assuredly, or in King James, verily, verily, assuredly or verily means, read my lips. That's what Jesus was saying. Listen to me. Whoever commits sin is in bondage, a slave of sin. The word commits means prolonged or continuing. The things that we're in bondage in, that we keep doing it, keep doing it. God, forgive me. Keep doing it. God, forgive me. Keep doing it. God, forgive me. Keep doing it. I could say that a hundred times because how many of you have done the same thing a hundred times? And you wonder why God's not answering your prayer. It's because there's been a deception somewhere in our life and the word of God is not truth to us. And the truth cannot set us free because we don't know it as truth. Jesus is saying, whoever prolongs or continues in a sin doesn't come to me, doesn't repent. You are in bondage or enslaved to that area of sin. So the question then is, how can I know I'm in bondage? Let me just give you the word. The word is chronic or chronic behavior. Do you have chronic financial problems? Do you have chronic health problems? When it's chronic, it is spiritual and you can be set free from it. I'm going to say that again. When it's chronic over and over, it is spiritual and you can be set free from it. Not every situation, though, is a spirit, so don't walk out of here. Well, pastor says everything in me is, is demonic. I didn't say that. I said it's spiritual, but not everything is spiritual. But many times when Jesus healed, he cast out a spirit. Or it was demonically inspired deception. I know I'm using terminology here, but you can listen to this over and over. Do you have chronic relationship problems? If you can't get along with people, it's not everyone else's fault. Oops. Love your pastor. You might be in bondage to what? You're not that you're a bad person, not that you're, you're going to hell. No, you're going to heaven, and you're doing great things for the kingdom of God. But maybe there's a, you're in bondage to insecurity. You're in bondage to fear. You're in bondage to rejection. You're in bondage to inferiority. And from that, you begin to believe things that are not true. And you begin accusing everybody around you from your life or what you say. You're accusing them of something that's not true. It's what you're feeling inside because of a deception. And let me tell you, deception doesn't mean you're not smart. Sometimes deception means you're too smart. For your own britches. 
Church family, a believer cannot be possessed of a demon, but can be in bondage to demonic deception. You know, it's in the New Testament hundreds of times about demons. Demons are not just in another country either. They're in deep, dark, and whatever country you want to name. They're here. But you know, the problem, I think, in, in the United States of America, uh, a lot of the demonic situations come out of suits and ties. It's hidden to us. It's dressed up because of the way we are in America, because of the spiritual freedom that America started with. And we better be careful we better be careful because we're playing with that freedom now in our country. Anger, resentment, hate, prejudice, and many more uh, like jealousy, offense, are those things that we're deceived with and we live with and we present that in our life and it blocks the very work of God. Remember Mark 4, where, uh, Mark 6, excuse me, where where. They were offended with Jesus, and he couldn't do any more miracles. When anger sets in, it brings a whole tribe with them. Church family, you want to change, but you can't. It's hard. It's difficult. And the world wants to teach you, and life wants to teach you that it's someone else's fault. You confessed a thousand times to God asking for forgiveness. That's chronic. We call it a bad habit. The Bible calls it bondage and or a stronghold. A stronghold is an inability to change a behavior or thought patterns. Some of us have thought patterns that are not in line with God's word. And we keep saying, God, help me, help me, help me. There, there is chronic. And I want to tell you, it's spiritual but, but I'm going to show you how to have victory in all those things. It becomes compulsive or impulsive behavior. Why did I do that? I don't know why I did that. I love Jesus. Why did I say that? I don't know why I said that. It becomes compulsive or impulsive. So let me give you the definition of a bondage now. Okay, I'm peeling the banana here. A bondage is a compulsive or impulsive behavior that restricts us from walking in freedom and enjoying the blessings Jesus died to give us. It is the inability to change habits, behavior, and thought patterns. Now, you can go online and get all the notes if I'm going too fast for you, but I'm in a flow of the Holy Spirit wanting to just build this revelation because sometimes to get past deception, there has to be a process of building of a revelation in your heart. You can't just hear something and then move into it. It's got to be something that's built in your heart. It becomes heart thinking and not just knowledge. Jeremiah 7, verse 8 through 11 says this. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come back and stand before me in this house 
which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. Now, when the Holy Spirit brought me to this scripture, my first thought was, I don't want to read this, because I don't want to hear this. You know why? Because this is what Jeremiah is saying. Saying, Gary, you attend church, and you still have compulsive sin in your life. Then you say, because I come to church, I have been delivered. Jeremiah said, are you delivered to do those things? I, I remember uh, years ago when I was a youth pastor here at the church, and uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, and, and some of the guys would say, yeah, I remember we used to do that. We used to, we used to go to Mass, you know, and have the, the cases of beer in our trunk to go get drunk, and we would do this and do that, and we'd have plans to do things. But as long as we went to Mass once a week, we were good. And that's what Jeremiah is talking about. As long as I go to church, as long as I go to that, that worship thing on, on uh, December 31st at 7 o'clock, I'm good. Then my next year's covered. <clears throat> Again, Jeremiah said, are you delivered to do these things? Every one of us must receive this correction in our lives. Every one of us, from an elder to a pastor to a first-time visitor here. Jesus says, that's why I died for you, not to continue in the bondage, but live in freedom. Jesus came so you would be set free. Lust, anger, alcohol, drugs, be set free. This is what I'm telling you. This is what the story I'm telling you. But I'm going to show you how. There's hope for every one of us. Let me just say it this way. If there's hope for me, there's hope for you. Jesus is not just your ticket out of hell and into heaven. Jesus is your ticket to freedom on this earth. Amen. Admit it and rebuke the demonic realm. Admit it. Trauma, addictions. Jesus set you free. Some of you, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it just in reality. I know we're, we're online, all that. That's okay. But some of you have gone through literal hell in your life. You have. You have faced hell face to face. And because of that hell, you became hellish. And from being hellish, you have got yourself into a place of struggle and bondage, of distrust, of, of lust or anger or offense or defensiveness, all these different things because of your past. I want to tell you, I'm going to show you later on, not yet, I'm going to show you later on, but Jesus Christ went to the cross to set you free from all of that. Every one of you. I can take authority and remove any demonic force around this church. I can do that. 
Matter of fact, I'm doing it now. In Jesus' name, you have no authority because of the blood of Jesus Christ. They're fighting your marriage. They're fighting your mind. They're fighting everything about your marriage. They're fighting you. They're a bully. They will constantly remind you of your past. They'll constantly remind you of the, of the junk that was in your life. Church family, continue every day to be filled with the Holy Spirit as you yield to the Holy Spirit's influence. The Holy Spirit will change you. Look at Romans 6, verse 15. Paul is talking to believers who are under grace, not the law. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey... You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You've been delivered from the workings of the law and into grace. So what does that mean? That means you can't earn it. You can't earn that freedom. You just receive it as a gift and allow it to change your actions. Well, let's look at the second thing about bondage. It's difficult to admit you're in bondage. John 8, 33 again. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can, I, how can you say you will be made free? <laughs> They've been in bondage to the Egyptians, to the Caldonians, the Babylonians, the Grecians, the Assyrians. And when they were making the statement, I said this a few months ago, they were in bondage to the Romans. I've never been in bondage. I'm a Christian. Really? Really? We've never been in bondage to anyone. No, there's no problem. It's their fault, not mine. Okay? Christians do this all the time. They have hate in their life, resentment, addictions, anger, fear, lust, insecurity. We're Christians. We can't be in bondage to those things. Really? Whoever prolongs or continues in sin is a slave of that sin which the Bible calls bondage. Are you following this? So every one of us should admit today there's, a, there's bondages in our life, and we need to be set free. The reason we don't admit it is because, again, as I said earlier, the bondage is on the inside or hidden, and others can't see it. There's a perception because we're Christians we can't have anything wrong with this either. Now that you're a Christian, you better straighten up. I've been trying to straight, straighten up for 44 years. Even though if you look around and everyone is dressed up pretty, every one of us have some problems. You are not the only unholy person. All of us are, without the grace of Jesus. 
I live in Christ's holiness. I live in Christ's righteousness. My righteousness is of filthy rags. Scripture tells me. Let's go on. We're, we're in this journey. The process now, our, our eyes, spiritual eyes are opening up. We're beginning to see that when we thought we were, not, we were not in bondage, now we're beginning to see things in our life. So our heart should be when someone who loves us and is there to help, help us say, you know, you have some pride in you. I do not. Well, you know, you... We should say, thank you. Help me change. We don't like mentors telling us what to do. I love mentors. Now, some dude down the street that doesn't know the Lord and tells me that I'm not a good Christian because I don't give him $100. He's not telling the truth. I don't have to take that. But you will never get free if you won't admit it that you're in bondage. Many live in shame and fear and won't admit it. And I'm not talking about psychology either. All of you psychology majors, I'm not talking about psychology. There are people that need some, some physical help and mental help in their minds. I'm talking about spiritual things that create mental deficiencies. We say we have some weaknesses. And, you know, when someone says, you know, I just have some weaknesses. Well, how long have you had that weakness? Forty years, uh, that's a bondage. Amen? I'm looking at some psychology majors here. Here's the third thing about bondage. Everyone ready? It's easy to get free from bondage. I want to say that again. It's easy to get free from bondage. Because many of you are in a deception that you're just going to have to live with it. Many of you are in a deception that it's just your personality. It's just the way you were raised. It's just the way things are. It's easy to get free from the bondage. I told you it's difficult to admit it, but it's easy to get free. Why? Because it doesn't depend on you. It depends on Jesus Christ. Jesus has already defeated the enemy, the devil. 1 John 3.8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now the Bible also tells us that Satan goes around, remember the teaching I did on lions? The Bible goes around like a roaring lion. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and pulled out all of Satan's teeth. He's a liar and deceiver now. He talks like this now. If you recognize him, it's opposite of the word of God. He cannot tell truth. If you're living in some type of a depressive, feeling bad about yourself, that's not from God. God doesn't do that. The devil does that. He's the accuser of the brethren. But he only accuses you by words, fake words, not the word, the word of God. So let me tell you a little bit more about lions. Uh, Satan, the old lion who lost his teeth, 
roars the loudest to scare you, telling lies and deception, that you run to the demonic realm in fear. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to run to the demonic realm or the thoughts or the fear, and that puts you in bondage. Now, let me, let me say this to you. In studies of lions, when lions get old, they have found that the oldest lions that really don't do the fighting or anything uh, just hang around as old lions and the younger lions bully them. Uh, what happens is they usually are the ones at night roaring the loudest because that's all they got. And that's all the enemy has. That's all he has on you. I can't believe how many believers in Jesus Christ and the, and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ and the Holy Spirit believe that the, that the enemy, the lion, has power. He doesn't have any authority over you. None. Zero. Zilch. But we believe that because of deception. Luke 10, 17 Jesus gave baby disciples power over the demonic spirit. Watch this. Then the 70 returned with Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven when he was kicked out of heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want you to hear that, okay? We're, we're, I know we're amening. I did too every time I read that, amening because I have authority over the enemy given by Christ through grace. But you know what he's really saying here? He's saying, why are you so thrilled about that? I saw Satan fall, boom, he fell, he's done. I saw no authority, no power, nothing, okay? And he's saying, why are you, I've given you this, but why are you so thrilled about it? He said, what you need to be thrilled about is your names are written in heaven. Eternal being going to be with God for eternity. Amen. That's what we saw today. Jesus has authority over all. Jesus gives it to you. And the biggest deal is not that you have authority. The big deal is that you're on your way to heaven. Okay, Mark chapter 9. I told you to hold your finger there. Mark 9, verse 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. I'm going to show you in this story Jesus is, is exemplifying what I just said to you, all right? Why are you so thrilled about this? And who, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O foolish or faith, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, 
And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So right here, the scripture says, he falls all around, flapping everywhere. Now that's an ugly scene. That's an ugly scene. And what happens is people go nuts when that happens. See that? Oh, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Jesus is standing there and asks, how long he's flopping around? How long has he been doing this? (sighs) Jesus doesn't go wild. The people jump on him. You know how they do sometimes in those charismatic movements? Not all. Some jump on him, hold him down. Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus. Jesus doesn't freak out. The same authority and power he has, he gave to you and me. He probably goes like this, crosses his leg. How long has he been like that? Very calm. Because Jesus is not impressed with Satan and his lies. You shouldn't be either. When the enemy brings up your past, you shouldn't be impressed with it. Because you're a daughter or a son of God. You walk in freedom. You are a child of the king. That's who you are. Verse 21. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. If you can do anything. How many prayers have we prayed that didn't get into the golden bowl in heaven? Because it wasn't word prayer. Because we were praying the problem and not the solution, the word of God. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Let me now turn that and give you the full story of this. You have it backwards. It is really about, if you can believe, I can take care of it. Not, what can you do for me, Jesus? You believe. Now, because we're New Testament covenant, if you believe, Jesus already took care of it. It's a done deal. The work of the cross. Some of you are here, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you've hated church, and you've you've run from church because of the emotion. The moment you started thinking of going to church, the enemy comes with deception and says, you don't want to go into a bunch of fake people. Listen to that guy. Listen to that woman up there. Man, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know my life. They don't know me. God knows you. God knows everything about you. And what's great about it, through his grace, he loves you and accepts you right where you're at. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're watching 
on television. If you don't know Jesus Christ, believe in your heart. Remember the heart thing? Confess with your mouth. What are you confessing? The truth of the word. And the truth will set you free. You can be freed from hell because of the way you believed and it became in your heart. That's how you defeat every bondage that you may have been living with for decades or maybe a week. God has done the work. Get in the word of God. Let the word, the truth, set you free. He's deceived you and lied to you, and many of you don't believe you're who you really are, what God created you to be. Eve didn't. Adam didn't. Adam sinned. He acted on the deception. Stop acting on the deception and believing the truth of the word. You come to valley, you're going to learn the word of God. Amen? You come to valley, you're going you're gonna to hear the word of God. You're going to go to discipleship from the youth to the children. Everyone, every program we have is based upon the word of God. Why? Because we want you to be free. Free costs something. It costs Jesus his life. And it was paid for. Let's all stand.